Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Wonderful finish! Fabulous free kick. Welcome back to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. It's another pretty good week for the Reds. Two more victories, one in the FA Cup against Norwich City, which was admittedly dull and uncomfortable, but a league win against Brighton, which was rampant, dominant and wonderful to watch. It was enjoyable. And how often does football give you a full 90 minutes of enjoyment, not just 30 seconds or or, or a burst? Not that much. But there were 11 seconds that did stand out from United's 3-0 win against Brighton, a sensational counter-attacking goal fluent, precise, fast, world-class. Mason Greenwood has three colleagues in the box. Fernandez is one! And that was absolutely lethal. Just as Brighton were looking to get back at Manchester United, they cut them apart. Bruno Fernandez has a second. Manchester United have a third. Jack, that was perhaps the most satisfying goal of the last half a decade. Um, every part of it was was perfect and the game as a whole was pretty much the same as the goal. It, it was almost perfect like Sheffield United last week. Especially the first half performance. Yeah, it was a very, very accomplished performance from United. Every player on the pitch contributed very well. I mean, that third goal was was something else. At, you know, coming as Brighton was starting to pile on a little bit of pressure and, I mean, to see us break like that, the speed, the precision, everything about that counter-attack was majestic to be honest and yeah another very good week for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Man United yeah and I saw uh, Adam Crafton from The Athletic tweeted this is unsettlingly competent from United and it was it, it was unsettlingly comfortable and competent which which is rare for United we normally I think we said this um, actually last season but we normally only have kind of one good half or uh, one good 60 minutes and then a, an uncomfortable stage of the game at, at least some point and, and as I said in the intro it, it is rare that you, you just get a match which is 
completely enjoyable without any real scares. And the, the times that we scored in, the way we scored, the way we played, and to be fair, how terrible Brighton were, all meant that it was just, it was kind of, it, it was it was relaxing to watch United, which is, yeah, it's, it, it's strange. Yeah, I mean, there definitely is something to be said for the fact that Brighton were pretty terrible, especially in the first half, just had, you know, absolutely nothing. But as we've said so many times this season, these are the games that we've struggled in historically in the last sort of three or four years and especially in the first half of this season and now we're finally starting to get at least it seems a little bit of consistency in these games I mean obviously the Norwich game in there which we'll talk about later is a bit of a disappointment and maybe cast some doubt on how accomplished we are in breaking down teams that sit back against us but finally we, we have some creativity and I, I watch United in, in these games now and don't think that we're never going to be able to create a good chance I think the only way we're not going to be able to win this game is if for, through poor finishing or an inspired performance by yeah. the goalkeeper I have confidence and faith in us to go and create those chances yeah which I have uh, yeah that definitely is a, a difference and it, yeah yeah it's a uh, there's so much confidence in the midfield and I think I don't I, I don't remember having a having confidence in our midfield I mean for, for, for even in, in Ferguson's last few teams it was very reliant on Michael Carrick or it was um before that very reliant on well on Keane and, and Carrick and Fletcher were great and and the, the midfield of the up until 2009 was was very reliable and after that it, it became less so and and now it is well we'll talk about the midfield more in a second but I, I I did want to talk about Mason Greenwood at the start because that goal first of all 18 years old and that goal was 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 game defining because like yeah. the Sheffield United game it really gave us the ability to just settle into the game assert our dominance and, and we did that but the goal itself was was it's of such quality and it's two two footed strikers are just enormously fun to watch and it's the kind of goal that Greenwood's been scoring for a decade at whatever level he plays it's the ability to to do those step overs and because already he's 18 and uh, but but Premier League defences know that he is he is so good with both feet that they just it, it, it's so hard to defend against oh mate it was an, it was just an unbelievable goal and another great performance from such a young player I think what is so impressive yeah. to me about what Mason Greenwood has been able to do for us this season is that he's already becoming it, that that sort of finish and that run is already becoming his trademark yeah and at 18 years old having not even I think he started six less games than Dan James this season yeah and so for him to be having that kind of impact and becoming so iconic I guess well, at least one of his moves it's quite something for, for such a young player who's played a limited amount of games and it, I mean it's it's just a joy to watch him play he's so fun to watch I mean when he comes inside and starts putting step over yeah. the right it's almost impossible to defend because I mean you can push him down the line and he'll score with his right foot he'll score with his left it, it doesn't matter and yeah. it makes him so 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 difficult to defend like I said that move where he, he picks up the ball and sort of the edge of the box the right hand corner of the uh, of the penalty area comes inside there's a couple of step step overs and shoots it's becoming his trademark yeah and it's I think the great thing with him is uh, I think we saw it less in, in the game against Brighton but over the course of this season you've seen that he can he can score all, all kinds of goal and that, that that type of goal is certainly yeah. his, his trademark it's the one he scores most commonly but he can score from outside the box he can score a poacher's goal he can cut inside and do that and to have that ability already is I mean it's it's always this hard position of, of not wanting to overhype things wanting to manage expectations and to be fair one of the great challenges of, of the United Academy is always to manage expectations and they've done that well with with Mason and and to be fair Mason's got his head screwed on he he knows what he's doing and the people around him are, are pretty good as well the same with 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 Rashford um but the rise has been incredible and it's it's hard not to enthuse about 
about him so much when he's doing what he's doing. And th- I mean, I think I think it's worth appreciating how how quick it's actually been because I think with Rashford I, at the time it was it it did feel very sudden and everyone always spoke about how sudden it was. Whereas with Greenwood, it, it's kind of just because he's been a name for a while and because he's just been so reliable. It's almost as if everyone's just kind of accepted that he's a first team player. And, and but the, the rise is actually massive. And I was I was thinking that I was doing a a piece for someone about him. And well, firstly, he was he was 17 at the start of the season, which is ridiculous in itself. Yeah. But also, the first time I saw him was only three years ago at uh, in an under 15s match. I mean, an, an under 15s match, and that was only three years ago. It feels like a, a huge amount of time. I'm trying to remember, I think Mourinho was probably an IT manager at the time. Must have been. Um, it was a yeah challenge match in Milton Keynes. Ashley Young was there watching. Um, but then uh, only a year after that, he made his first team debut in pre-season at the age of 16. Then a pro contract followed on his 17th birthday. Then an FA Youth Cup hat-trick against Chelsea. And then he made his debut against PSG. And, and from that point onwards, he was a first team player. I mean, it's, it, it is pretty quick. Yeah, I, I think that actually a lot of credit has to go to United for the way that they've kind of managed Mason Greenwood. Because you're right, the rise has been very quick, but he hasn't really become the focus of a ton of media articles of, you know, he's the next coming, the next big thing for England and whatever, which is honestly really refreshing because I think it has definitely taken a little bit of pressure off of his shoulders. We see so many young English players coming through, especially at, at sort of high level Premier League teams, and they're instantly coined as, you know, England's best ever prospect and they're going to do this and that. And so few of them we ever actually see come to fruition. Yeah. And I think, I don't really know why Greenwood hasn't really got that. I think partly United have done well keeping him out of the media spotlight. He hasn't really done many interviews. But I also think it's partly because as great as he's been this season, yeah. most of his best performances and most of his sort of highlights have come later on in the season. And they have they didn't come instantly in his first sort of five games in the United shirt. Yeah. And so I think it, it allowed him to become a little bit of a known name before he ended up then becoming such a good player. And it, I think it's going to benefit him all the more because it will take a little bit of pressure off, yeah. off I, of him. But I mean, take nothing away from everything that he's yeah. done this season because it has been fantastic. And that's what now six goals in the Premier League, um, which I think is double any other, or sort of maybe three times more than any other yeah. teenager in the league. I think he's already broken the record for the most goals by a teenager at <laughs> Manchester United in a season. I mean, there isn't really much more you can say about him other than he's exciting yeah. to watch now. It's, um, and <laughs> it's even more exciting thinking about what he could be like in five or 10 years. Yeah, it's the most goals by a, a player aged 18 or under in the Premier League in a single season since Rooney in, in 2003 or four, um, yeah. which is, I mean, it doesn't tell you everything. And he's but... taken, I, I tweeted about this yesterday actually as well, but he's he's taken a leaf out of Rooney's books with some of his finishing as well, because Rooney was a master of sh- cutting inside and shape of shoot into the far corner. Yeah. And and then pulling it back and dragging it to the near post. And Greenwood has mastered that art already. Yeah. And he's he's got that, uh, I, th- I think it's a natural ability. I don't think it's a, a learned one of being able to shoot at just a second, half a second, 0.1 of a second earlier than the goalkeeper is, yeah. is comfortable with him shooting at. And that is, it's 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 priceless because it, 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 he's going to score so many goals from it. And he has, I think, I think back to almost all of his goals and most of them are, are from him shooting just a second earlier than the, the goalkeeper thinks. The one against Brighton was he, he does the step overs and then he, I think it's a touch with his right foot and then very quickly finishes straight away after that touch. And it, yeah, it, it's when he shifts, it's when he shifts the ball sideways. He's, he doesn't seem to need to reset his feet like most players. He does everything yeah. in sort of one strike. Yeah, definitely. Right. We should talk about um, the, the midfield uh, without getting too lay, lay weighed by, by Mason Greenwood. Uh, again, just 
just fantastic. Bruno Fernandes, Pogba and Matic. The combination is, is, is just working really well. And Fernandes, well, what can we add to the discussion about Bruno Fernandes? Not a great deal, but the, with with Pogba, it's, he's just being allowed to, to play simply with the occasional moments of ridiculousness that we've come to expect from Paul Pogba. And that, that style of play for him is means means he's at his best and it's because Matic is doing his job so well and it's because Bruno Fernandes is doing his job so well. Yeah, the, th- the three of them have formed you know quite a trio in there. They really have. It's been great to see it. I think without a doubt, you'd have to say this is the best midfield trio that we've seen for United, at least in terms of how they've actually been performing, probably since Sir Alex Ferguson retired, honestly. You'd, I think you'd have to go far that, that far back and probably a few years before Ferguson retired to find a string of games where United's midfield has been working yeah. so effectively. And, you know, it has to come with all the caveats that you know this is a strange time and you know no team is probably fully back to their best yet but it's very very positive signs for United and I think you know Nemanja Matic won't get many of the plaudits here but he has to take a lot of credit for his role in that because he's done brilliantly ever since you know when he get the start against Sheffield United he can, he's come in and he's done very very well shepherding that shepherding that midfield and I mean Bruno Fernandes as well is an interesting one to me because I actually don't think Bruno Fernandes has been that great since the restart and yet he's still got what is it three goals and he's still been an integral part of so many of the good things that we've done and the goals that we've scored and it just shows yeah. you, as we said a few weeks ago that think, he doesn't have to be perfect for 90 minutes he'll create enough of those good moments to create good opportunities for himself or others even when he's not at his best yeah I think I think it's kind of similar to what we were talking about I think last week or maybe the week before he does he gives away the ball a lot um, he'll shoot from long range it'll be blocked or it will it'll be saved it, it might not be a great shot he'll try a pass that doesn't work he'll he'll misplace a a, a touch and those things do happen (laughs) quite a lot in the game but he does he's just he's he's kind of just overloading everything and he does so much in the game that undoubtedly it's gonna it's gonna work it's like it's just endless he'll and 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 against Norwich for example he played for 120 minutes and there's that clip during the rounds of him sprinting back to to get the ball and and the the words used last week was tempo and I I think that's very true again against Brighton and against Norwich is just having him on the pitch just gives United that kind of just a bit of a, a bit of pace to the game. It it doesn't let it yeah. drop dead. And and you saw when him and Pogba went off, whether it was him or Pogba that was that was doing it. We can't say it was, it, it was both of them to be honest, but the tempo did drop and the pace of United's games did drop. And yeah, he he just he does so much that at some point it, it's going to come off. And, and he, that that tempo and that intensity that he brings to our team definitely has an impact on everyone around him. Yeah. I think that actually for me, I, I tweeted about this during the game. One of the most pleasing aspects of that performance, especially in the first half for me, you know, it, obviously it was great seeing us be creative and make chances and all this stuff, but it was actually the intensity that we showed when we lost the ball. Yeah, because so often in these kind of games in the last couple of years we're so laborious going forward and we're doing everything so, so slowly in attack they then rubs off in defence in, in transition when we lose the ball we don't recover quickly enough the intensity isn't there in that recovery Yeah, and it was every single time we lost the ball against Brighton we had it back within five seconds Yeah, and you could see Bruno Fernandes Pogba Greenwood Rashford whoever it was the intensity was there to straight away yeah. sprint back and harry Brighton we put him under a lot of pressure and we won the ball back so quickly almost without fail and it obviously that isn't I guess what most people would end up taking out of the game but I th- it was it's such an important part it was of definitely noticeable kind of yeah. because it stops the other team from having any kind of momentum and uh, that for me was actually the most pleasing aspects or one of the most pleasing aspects of that first half performance yeah I don't know where Bruno Fernandes gets his, his energy from it must be from the no. from from the milk no, he was no. having on the touchline afterwards <laughs> it, almost, it almost it reminds me a little bit of 
of a young Wayne Rooney and his sort of attitude like that. But most players, by the time they get to Bruno Fernandes' age, what is he, 25? Most players, by the time they get to that age, have sort of lost that that edge. And he, he just hasn't. And it's lovely to, to watch. Yeah, it is. Um, right. There's. I, I'm trying to think what else we can add to to the discussion about the Brighton game without uh, re- repeating. I think Nemanja Matic's role in the goal was, that pass was... Oh, that pass. Yeah. And I think the best thing about that goal was Maguire heads it out, Matic chested it down, and as he chested it down and, and pinged that pass over, you thought, nah, this is... If it, if this is a goal, it's, it's going to be beautiful. And it was one of those moments, there are some passes in football where they happen and you think, if this doesn't end up in a goal, that's a, an injustice to the sport. Yeah. And and that was that was fully deserving of a goal. And also, Greenwood's cross as well. First, Firstly, that Greenwood spotted Bruno Fernandes' run at the back post. Yeah. Um, but also, if if you watch the goal again, he kind of, it's almost like he, he chips the ball. Like, it's, it's like he's got his wedge out and just gently, gently lobbed it over the defence into Bruno Fernandes' path. And that's why he can finish in the in the way that he does. Obviously, it, it still required a, a great deal of skill and would have me missing the ball and lying on my arse on the floor. But the, <laughs> the cross was of such a good quality. And that's what made it so, so good was everything was just so precise and it was done at such speed and yeah it was yeah it was just one of those moments where you where you watch football and you think that's that's why 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 you love watching football because just one of those goals where you're like this is that's that's football played at its very best yeah it's football played at its very best because I think what separates football from so many other sports it's probably up there with with off top I probably only rugby that I think can I guess compare with football in this regard it's the it's the combination of speed and precision and speed and technique and it's constant yeah. and I think that goal was a perfect embodiment of what makes football so unique in that it was the combination of speed and elite speed you know we're talking about these players running full full speed it took I think all of about five or six seconds for us to get from one end of the pitch to the other combined with that technical yeah. ability and like as you said Bruno Fernandes' finish I had no normally when, when a cross like that comes in to a player you, you kind of think oh they're going to sky it or drag it or shank it whatever but I, yeah. I didn't really have any doubts as Bruno was finishing it but that's a very difficult technique but I think the fact that it came to him on the floor yeah. and that he hit it with his laces rather than his instep all of it I think it added to how aesthetically pleasing that goal was to watch and I, I mean it doesn't really get any better than Matic's pass that was something else it, I remember I think when I saw Matic chest the ball down and then wind up his leg like that I actually thought that he was panicking and just trying to hoof it upfield because we'd been under a bit of pressure at the start of the second half for the yeah. first three or four minutes and I thought he was kind of panicking and just trying to hoof it upfield and then you see what he spotted and I mean, you know, everyone knows how great the rest of it was. Yeah, um, right. We are going to move on to Marcus Rashford. Just very quickly, I, th- I think this comes with the caveat that even though... So first of all, I, he's, he's not at his best. He, he just looks a bit off it. And I think the, the thing that makes it obvious is he's just not running at people. He's not he's not taking people on. And he's receiving the ball and he'll pause and he'll look for the cross. And the caveat that I, I mentioned is against Sheffield United he still contributed a great deal against Brighton he still contributed a great deal so it's it, it's worth reminding ourselves of that he's not at his best but he's still contributing to the team he's still United's best choice on the left wing and, and he will recover he will start scoring goals again and, and, and start playing better because he, he I, mean, I don't know if it's just me but he, he does just seem a bit off it and it makes you question whether he is fully fit yeah it went through my head too he, he just doesn't seem doesn't seem fully on, on the pace at all I don't know if it's a confidence thing 
thing. I don't know if it is that maybe he's not fit. But yeah, whatever it is, he definitely isn't playing no anywhere near what, what we know and can expect from him. It's just, I mean, I, I think the Brighton game was a perfect example because you saw the huge difference in the way that play progressed when the ball went to Greenwood down the right versus when it went to Rashford down the left. And when it went to Rashford, which is completely unlike yeah. Rashford, everything was very slow. Everything generally was, you know, coming back into either Luke Shaw or Pogba or Matic, whereas Greenwood was was trying to drive at, at the fullback defending him. It was, uh, you know, Wan-Bissaka on the overlap rather than passing it back to his fullback. It, it was just such a such a huge difference watching yeah. them play. And it's very unlike Marcus Rashford to do that. Normally when Rashford isn't in good form, he's still running at play, still taking those risks. They, they just yeah. don't come off. Um, so it's been it's been quite jarring watching him play and not even really trying those things yeah, now. Yeah, you just... It, it's because he's when he's at his best, he's probably is United's most exciting player. And definitely before his injury, he yeah. was he was so good to watch. And every time he got the ball, you thought it was it. Yeah, watching him at Old Trafford, especially because every time he gets the ball, you hear all these shouts around you. I've got Marcus because it, when he's running at people, he, he's so good to watch and he's so effective. So it's just that it's just you you want to see him run at people, take people on, and and try it. And hopefully, um, hopefully we we will start to see that. But the Norwich game, the less said the better. One of those cup games where you you're thankful you won it and you never want to mention it again. Celta Vigo in the Europa League, Anderlecht in the Europa League. We it happens every season. Uh, it was a disappointment. I think we probably should have started a better team and, and got the result sorted and then especially with five subs you can hook all your big players at half time if you need to um, but yeah it was it was frustrating and it was really really boring um, saying that had there been fans there Maguire scoring a 118th minute winner probably would have seen better than it than it does but it's one of those where we're just going to move on I think yeah it's, it's it's a performance that you don't really want to think about and probably will go out of everyone's mind very 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 quickly I think United are lucky in that it's a cup game rather than a Premier League game because if that was a Premier League game that had ended 1-1 after normal time with that performance I think we would have been coming in for a lot of very fair criticism and this podcast would probably be taking on a very different tone <laughs> than what it is but the fact it was a cup game and that we did end up getting the result out of it ultimately is all that matters and I think having seen how we played against Brighton after that gives you a bit more hope in and, and sort of uh, I don't know I guess comfort in writing off the Norwich performance yeah. in that it was just a one-off because we've seen how we've done since then against Brighton yeah. but yeah it wasn't was not a good performance by United at all yeah and it was particularly disappointing because there were there were still some big names starting in the team Fernandez, Shaw, Maguire yeah. McTominay there, there, there were some there were first team players starting 11 players in, in that starting lineup, and none of them really performed in, in the first half the second half was, was a bit better but um, yeah we'll, we will move on we said it's one of those we'll move from, from and, and we will do that uh, to a youth roundup Marcus Rashford oh glorious What a fantastic goal for Brian Giggs! Shirt is off, he celebrates, he runs 50 yards! Nice little pass there to a kid. Best going on, Charlton coming up as well. And on the far side, it's Aston. Straight into the path of Charlton! This time, will it open up for her? It's James! Brilliantly done! Lauren James! An historic first ever Super League goal for Manchester United. Big news of the week is that Angel Gomez has left Manchester United. I know some, well, I think most people will be asking why, and, and it is hard to say, and, and we kind of have to have to guess about it as well. Uh, what I know is that he was offered a new deal at United, and his, to be fair, his original deal that he signed a couple of years ago was a, quite a good one. He, he was paid 
quite a, a decent amount of money a week. And when he signed it, he just won the under 17th World Cup with England. He'd already made his debut. Um, I don't think him leaving the club was was about the wage because United made him another good offer, and I don't think he's going to get necessarily paid any more at any other club. He he does want first team football, and he's not getting at United, and that's kind of where the, the the problems are. Had Gomez signed a new contract either at the start of the season or in January, I'm fairly confident that Solskjaer would have loaned him out for the whole season or for for the back end of the season, and then he would have got the first team football he's craving, and he, he does need it to be fair. But Solskjaer's policy appears to be commit yourself to the club, or you're not going to get those chances above someone else who has done, uh, who has committed themselves to the club. The same happened with Teeth Chong, who has now agreed a deal, and once he agreed that deal, he started getting first team games again. Is it the right policy? Well, you you, you do you risk losing a talent like Gomez or Paul Pogba in the past, but it, it does make sense. United couldn't let him go out on loan for his last season on his contract without knowing that he was going to return because it was opening, it was putting him in the shop window to go and, and get a free uh, a free transfer somewhere else. And and from Angel Gomez's perspective, he just wanted to play and he didn't get that many chances. So it, it's a case of viewing it from both sides. What else could United have done? Well, the policy seems to be sign a deal and you'll get a chances. So that's it. What could Gomez have done? Well, maybe signed the deal earlier, gone out on loan. I don't know. It's a difficult choice for him and, and he's a good talent and, and does need first team football because he's not exactly blessed in terms of height. And I, I, I would always support English players going abroad. So I, I hope... Um, he goes to the Eredivisie, La Liga or Bundesliga, not elsewhere in England. But best of luck to him. Um, Largi Ramazani as well has, has also left. And uh, I said last week he would probably sign for a Segunda Division side in Spain. He's about to sign uh, for Udi Almeria on the south coast of Spain. So good luck to him as well. Right, the next match against Bournemouth, Saturday, 3pm. A, a very rare occasion for Manchester United. Unfortunately, fans can't go, so we can't take advantage of the the 3pm kickoff. But look, it should be a comfortable win at home. 3 three nils in a row would be nice uh, I wasn't that confident for Brighton I'm probably more confident for this which means we'll we'll probably lose <laughs> yeah uh, that has been the uh, the pattern for Man United this this season get up a good head of steam and then end up losing a stupid game against a lower lower table team yeah. you would hope that we can do a number on Bournemouth especially at home I th- it's hard at the moment I think to characterise Man United because all the evidence that we've had since the restart and, and before the restart to be fair was has been positive you know everything looks good we look like a very dangerous team and you'd probably say this is the most cause genuine cause for optimism that United fans have had since honestly probably since Alex Ferguson retired yeah but there is still this lingering doubt in I think majority of United fans minds in that we're still just not quite sure how real this is how yeah how how sustainable it is yeah exactly we've been here so many times before where we've had you know little glimmers of hope and then we've gone off the rails and a few good few good performances have then been cast aside by evidence from some pretty bad performances then coming in afterwards so I think the end of this season even though we don't have very particularly challenging fixtures until the end of the season but this is really really important for United to keep this momentum going and I think to prove to ourselves and to our fans that this is the real deal and that this is the United team that we're going to be seeing going forward and that this isn't the blip yeah it's, it's you you do feel fairly confident in in this team I think partly because of Bruno Fernandes partly because of of just how well the midfield's done which whereas norm, normally our good runs yeah. have been kind of reliant on on Rashford playing brilliantly Martial playing brilliantly and to be fair uh, Martial again uh, we didn't mention him against Brighton another another very good game he is in in good form um, even though he didn't score that I think yeah it's it, it's just a question of how sustainable it is obviously football's different and it, it's it's kind of a you, you go back and forth 
because you think, well, there's no fans at stadiums, football's different, big clubs are going to benefit from that because they're not going to uh, a, a stadium where there's 20,000 Brighton fans screaming at them and for, for their biggest day of the season, their cup final, which it has always been when, when United goes at smaller teams and that's always made it more difficult. On the other yeah. hand, you think, well, this, it, it, even even taking that into account, it gives this United team kind of a bedding in time that they've never had a, a couple of months where the pressure is off. And I, that, that just does not happen at, at elite level football. And of course, the pressure is still on, but it's not the same. So you think, well, okay, United can, can build themselves up now and then take this into uh, the, the proper return of football. So yeah, you go back and forth, but you, you've got to hope it's it's the latter and, and that this is a kind of a period to build confidence, to build confidence, see where problems are, and then it can be can be managed from there. Who would you rest against uh, Bournemouth? Because obviously there are there are plenty of games coming up. I think Matic would probably be the one for me, despite how good he's been recently. I think he's probably the one of that sort of midfield and attack that I think is most likely to start kind of burning out before the end of the season. Yeah. I also wonder if Marcus Rashford would benefit yeah. from having a bit of a rest. I'm, it's quite hard to know what to do in that situation because I don't know if the, the issue is confidence, in which case maybe keeping him in the lineup and giving him more opportunities and keeping faith in him will help. I don't know if it's that he's not yet fully matched fit, in which case maybe it's best for him to come yeah. work on his fitness for a few weeks and not be playing in games. I, I don't know. So I'd probably say Matic and, and maybe Rashford. Um, I mean, honestly, I think the rotation needs to happen, but not wholesale rotation. Yeah. It should just be sort of one, maybe two players each game that gets rotated out. I yeah. don't think it needs to be sort of four or five players every week well, to- being taken out the side because we, we want to develop this rhythm that we've got going. Yeah, and to be fair, the, the, the schedule is very kind to, to Manchester United. The, so yeah. so it's, it's Bournemouth on Saturday and then the next game after that isn't until the Thursday against Aston Villa, Thursday the 9th of July that is, and then, and then it's Monday against Southampton. So it, it is a very kind schedule and it should be nine points and you you do look at United's back into the season we spoke more about the top four race last last week so we won't do it in detail again but Chelsea are playing well Wolves are playing well but United have a very very kind running and they, yeah. w- we should be getting in into that fourth place I, I don't think there's much doubt about that I, I think I'd, I'd rest Matic like you I think I wouldn't rest Rashford because he's, he's still adding to the team and I think it's I, I would imagine he is fit because A he's had enough time to recover from his injury it's not like he, he's been rushed back early I don't think be he he's contributing and and I think it, it's probably more about confidence and um, he's still offering a lot in in terms of his hold up play. It's just he's not taking players on. So I, I'd keep him in the team and and maybe if you take Bruno Fernandez off at um, with half an hour left, I might shift Marcus Rashford to number ten just to see to see what he can do there. Kind of playing off the strike in the same way that Fernandez does, I think could be could be quite interesting, especially if he's playing well, if, whoever he's playing off because he works well with both Martial and and Odin Gala. Yeah, it could be an interesting way of, of seeing seeing anything. It's a good experiment to try and do it, and this is probably a decent time to try and do it. You know, why not when we're playing this well? I, I think we have the confidence to believe in our team to some degree, no matter where everyone is, is playing, and especially within that front line. So I think that yeah. it might be a good idea to try and see what Rashford might be like in that in that role. And I think that's one of the beauties of what we have going at the moment is that there are good there are good relationships between the players, and that is what will stand us in good stead. Yeah, and to, and to, be, to be fair against Brighton, 
uh, the front three were interchanging a lot and it was it was nice to see. Greenwood came onto the left then went over to the right. Rashford and Martial were, were going in between each other and you could see the signs against Tottenham and it was actually something that I've, I think I mentioned it in, in the Tottenham episode where I was saying Martial and Rashford were clearly interchanging but that neither of them were doing anything in either position whereas against Brighton and against Sheffield United they were interchanging and, and that was having a good impact on the game. Um, very quickly prediction and then we'll wrap things up. Part of me wants to... Got to be 3 nil, surely. Part of, me, part of me wants to say like a one-all draw just because I, I, <laughs> I don't want to get dragged into the false optimism to only to be disappointed. I won't do that yeah. exactly. I'll go I'll go for two a 2-0. Nil. Yeah, yeah. I, I said I wasn't confident going into Brighton and I thought we'd draw against Brighton. I'm going to go 3-0 against Bournemouth, which means I've cursed it and I apologise to <laughs> everyone who is listening to this. I apologise to you um, if, we, if we don't win. Anyway, that's all we have time for on the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Thank you as always for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a review. We had some very nice reviews after our, our call for reviews last week. So thank you if you left one of those. I haven't got them up in front of me right now, so I can't thank you by name, but uh, I, I'll do that next week. I'll make sure I do. Thank you for leaving reviews. And if you haven't yet, um, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It does help us, helps more people find the podcast. Um, for more from Jack throughout the week, you can find him on Twitter at, at UTDTate, T-A-I-T. And you can find me on Twitter at Harry Robinson 64 and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod that's P-O-D at the end there have a great week enjoy the, the football when United play like this it's, it's very easy to do that goodbye Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.